Good morning and Merry Christmas, friends. I hope, I hope that your Christmas Eve has gone well, that your Christmas morning has gone well. No doubt some of us have continued plans to celebrate later this day. We've got travel ahead of us. We have other uh, family and friends to see. So thank you for uh, being here this morning. We're grateful for this opportunity uh, to worship together. Uh, welcome to those of you who are uh, watching online. We're, we're glad that you are joining us as well. If you're a guest, we're super glad that you're here. Thanks for, uh, for joining us for this Christmas Day worship service. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great privilege for me to be with you today as the new senior minister here and to enjoy these wonderful uh, Advent and Christmas traditions at the Preston Road Church. I want you to take a trip with me uh, in history for a few moments. I want us to go to Christmas time, 1940, in London. There are no lights on the buildings, and there are no carolers in the streets, because almost every night since the beginning of fall, the air, raids, air raid sirens have been going off. The celebrations look a little bit different. In fact, on this Christmas Eve in 1940, people are gathered underground. They're in shelters and tunnels. And all the Christmas celebrations seem in jeopardy. But if we take a little trip and zoom in to one of these underground shelters, we find an interesting scene. Because up at the front, there's a stage. And there's a band playing Christmas songs, and everyone seems to be having a party. Way back in the corner, there's a couple wearing gas masks, and they have found some mistletoe, and they share a kiss. Because sometimes, fear and joy... They just have to coexist. Researchers at Chapman University have done a study every year since 2014 on the top fears of people in the United States. And each year they look a little bit different, but you can guess what some of them might be. And, and there's some consistency year to year. Here are some things they found are our top fears in the past few years. Corrupt government officials, and again, we might name Different, in fact, opposite people, if you uh, gave that poll to folks. But corrupt government officials. We're afraid of loved ones getting sick or dying. We are afraid of another world war or some sort of large-scale conflict. We're afraid that we're not going to have enough money. And we're afraid of being alone at night. I wonder which of those fears you resonate with. I wonder what else might be on your list. I've got a few others. No doubt you do as well. But we all have a list of things that we're afraid of. That's pretty normal. And what we discover is that our fears are not unique to our culture or to our moment in history. Our fears are pretty universal. So let's take another trip further back the year 6 B.C. in some fields around Bethlehem. Now, I know that you're probably thinking, hey, if we're talking about the birth of Jesus, shouldn't we be in like zero or one? 
A.D.? I know, history, you can talk to the historians about why we're talking about the birth of Jesus in 6 B.C., but that's how it is. 6 B.C., some fields around Bethlehem, and there are some shepherds out in the field. It's the dead of night. In fact, it's what uh, scholar Sharon Ringy calls the bleakest and most dangerous time on the hillsides. And we happen upon these shepherds' conversation, and we hear them talking about what's on their mind as they watch their sheep in the countryside. And I don't know exactly what the shepherds might have been talking about, but they could have had a conversation that involved their fear of their corrupt government official named Herod, whom they believed was illegitimate. Uh, He, in fact, was going to be coming for their loved ones, especially their young boys, And so they had a fear for the livelihood of their loved ones. And then there was another official that they were afraid of, this new Caesar who had commissioned a census, who could at any moment begin a violent conflict with the Jews under Roman rule because they just didn't like putting up with them. And this Caesar who had commissioned a census, it wasn't just about getting the numbers, Because knowing how many people were there meant knowing exactly how much tax revenue you could extract. And so this Caesar wasn't just getting a head count. He was coming for their money. He was coming for their livestock. He was coming for their livelihood. And so they wondered, would we have enough money when he gets through with this census? And of course, as we've said, they are alone at night. Every single fear that we listed, they shared as well. So we pick up the story with these shepherds with the reading from Luke that our friend Linus read for us, and we'll read again. This is what happens with these fearful shepherds on the hillside in the dead of night. Luke tells us in Luke 2, beginning in verse 8, that there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So it's the dead of night, these shepherds out alone see an angel and the glory of the Lord. And what is their response? They're terrified. Linus tells us from the King James, they were sore afraid. Literally, the text says, they feared a great fear. And I know that we have all had moments where we know exactly what it's like to fear a great fear. Maybe it was because of some of the things on that list. Maybe it's a loved one's health or livelihood. Maybe it's your own health or livelihood. 
Maybe you're afraid of some things happening on the world stage. Maybe you fear a great fear because of the money that you do or don't have. Maybe you have found yourself alone in a strange area at night and you feared a great fear. That's how these shepherds responded. And so before this angel can tell them the good news of the Messiah, the angel has to respond to that. The angel has to allay their fear. So because they feared a great fear, what does the angel say to them? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And the angel has to say this because, like our friends in the tunnel in London, sometimes fear and joy, they just have to coexist. It's this joyful message. And what's the response? Terror. This is not the first time this command, do not be afraid, shows up. Far from the first. In fact, do not be afraid shows up about 144 times in Scripture. You will find it more frequently than love God or love one another. Two very important commands. But do not be afraid is all over the place. When God calls Abram to a new location, a new journey, he has to tell him, do not be afraid. And from then on, we see God telling people that all throughout history. Because that is the response that you have to tell people, even when you have a joyful thing to share with them. So when God shows up to Hagar and gives her new attention, he first has to say, do not be afraid. When Moses calls the people to life in a new land, he has to tell them multiple times, do not be afraid. When Elijah sees a widow and gives her a new source of food in the midst of drought and famine. He has to tell her, do not be afraid. When an angel shows up to tell women at the tomb of new life, he first has to say, do not be afraid. When Jesus is about to leave his disciples and he gives them a new mission, he has to tell them, do not be afraid. When God calls a man named Saul... To a new understanding of the scriptures and his past behavior, he has to tell him, do not be afraid. And when Jesus shows up to John in a vision and tells him about new heavens and a new earth, he has to tell John, do not be afraid. So it makes me think that when God is doing a new thing that might even be a source of joy, he often has to say, do not be afraid. Why? Because sometimes fear and joy have to coexist. And so we find ourselves in 2022, and it's Christmas in America, Christmas all over the world. And we have some of these same fears, even as God is doing a new thing, even as we celebrate a joyous occasion like Christmas. Our fears are still there, just like the shepherds, just like the people in the bunker, just like all those to whom God has said, do not be afraid. And so we have learned in our lives that sometimes fear and joy, even on a day like Christmas, sometimes they just have to coexist. Here's the good news, friends. 
The good news that began with the coming of Jesus into the world and was at work even before that and is at work now. Here's the good news. Even though fear and joy have to coexist, joy gets the last word. For that, we are grateful, and because of that, we celebrate this Christmas day. Let's be standing as we sing.